1 John chapter 4. 1 chapter 4, sorry. And, and, and it starts from 7 to 21. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but we have seen one another. God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. We know that he, we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and test, testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges the world, acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and we rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence in the day of judgment because in this world we are like him there is no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear because fear is to do with the punishment his punishment the one who fears is not made perfect in love we love because he is he has first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet he hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. Command, command who, whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is the reading for today. Thank you. The the second reading is taken from Ephesians chapter 4. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. 
There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. So again, Father, would you uh, speak to us? Would you lead us as a church family uh, deeper into you, deeper into knowing how you want us to be? In Jesus' name, amen. So hopefully um, most of us were here last week. Um, and we'll recall that I kind of started talking about how we are as a church family, but... Um, began with our personal relationship with God. And I wonder whether you've lived this week any differently um, as a result. So I just want to leave a bit of quiet for a moment and just to start with Jesus' question to Bartimaeus for you to think about in your own heart for a moment. What do you want me to do for you, said Jesus? So do you know how to answer that to God? And maybe you could just talk to God for a moment. What do you want me to do for you, said Jesus? I think it's a really important question that we need to know the answer to so it may be that you could start your, your quiet time each day with just hearing Jesus saying what do you want me to do for you I'm not finished yet so, so now us together as a church so if the church is saying to Jesus uh, sorry if Jesus is saying to the church at Bream what do you want me to do for you again let's just allow God to just uh, help us with that question. What do you want me to do for you, Bream Church? So I would have a sort of shout-out moment, but um, I just I wonder whether that that question is easier uh, or more difficult. What do, what do you want me to do for you, Bream Church, or you individual? Um, I don't I don't know. I don't have an opinion as, about which question is meant to be easier, or uh, but it's just a, an interesting thing. But the whole point of, of what I was saying last week is that we start with allowing Jesus to say to us, "What do you want me to do for you?" before we jump up and say hey Jesus what do you want me to do for you uh, we start by receiving from God so we're, we need to be plugged in to our relationship with God because that gives us life that gives us uh, 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 the phrase I, the word I used in the evening service is vitality 
but the kids kind of looks at me, huh? uh, but it's kind of that our lives are to be vital, filled with vitality of an immediate, a real relationship with God. So we're not living off uh, that time we had with God 25 years ago, but we're living off that time we had with God this morning. Um, and that sense that we can't overflow with something that we're not filled with. So we can't overflow with the Spirit or with God in any way if we're not filled with Him. And we definitely can't do supernatural things uh, out of our mere humanity. I don't know if you've tried uh, doing a miracle um, just in your own strength, but it would be somewhat arrogant, I think. Um, so we have that whole abiding thing that's just kind of why I put that quote up from Hudson Taylor earlier um, so if we're going to be a church that God wants us to be then we need to have that relationship with him uh, both individually but also together uh, and if we want to be a supernaturally different church we can't do that it's got to be God uh, living in us and I kind of think that the how we do church is more important than all the many things that we do it's, it's the how it's the who we are uh, is more important than all the many ministries and so on if you think back to uh, 1 Corinthians 13 I, we can do amazing things for God we can do crazy things for God but if I have not love I am nothing I'm like a clanging cymbal or a resounding gong uh, which is a pretty strong condemnation, isn't it? You know, there we are. I'm, I'm, I'm out there doing stuff for God. Uh, okay, I may not have got the love bit quite right. And he said, well, you're just wasting your time. You're just making a lot of noise for nothing. So we must be in a place of relationship with God. And I dare to say, I'm slightly worried to look at some people in the eye when they say this, but I dare to say, if the stuff you're doing for church is getting in the way of your relationship with God, then stop doing it for a bit. <laughs> but if it genuinely, if you're too busy for God that you don't allow God into that peaceful place, that wholesome, that whole place, uh, if you don't find yourself in the right place with God then you need to stop doing some of the stuff you're doing not so you can watch more television or you can go shopping more but so you can spend more time with God so I really uh, I do not want a cue to talk to me afterwards but uh, that may be something that is relevant so our greatest gift to God the greatest gift I can give to God is myself greatest gift you can give to your God is yourself not all your activities for God but yourself Kev can we chuck that the second part of my thing up I just thought I would share this uh, with you this kind of definition uh, I think it's quite a good definition of a church in some ways if, um, yeah always killed it um, which is the, the you, some of you might have come across the Northumbria, Northumbria community uh, and I love the way they, they have this quote on their homepage which kind of I think is meant to describe them they're a kind of mixed community so some of it is in, um, is in one place but they're people who are part of a community sort of spread around and they said this quoting a, a man called Stringfellow 
Covenanted together within the love of Christ, we share a common vision to see the kingdom of God extended in Northumbria and to carry the torch of the gospel wherever the Father leads us. That was good. And then they describe themselves like this, dynamic and erratic, spontaneous and radical, audacious and immature, committed, if not altogether coherent, ecumenically open and often experimental, visible here and there, now and then, but unsettled institutionally, almost monastic in nature, but most of all, enacting a fearful hope for society. I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily agree with all of that for our church, but I love the kind of messiness of it, and it's okay to be messy, it's okay to be immature, it's okay to be mature, it's okay to be uh, struggling and rejoicing and all sorts of things. I, I just, I, I enjoy a messy church because I think that's how God has made us to be. I, I know some churches are very, this is what you must do, this is how you should give, this is how you should sign up for this, 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 and this is our, this is our belief on uh, post-millennial, and this is our belief on the land of Palestine, and the, all these things, you must sign up and agree with all of these things. And those churches are thriving, uh, and I think that's because people like to have things nailed down. But I'm not sure that Jesus nailed, nailed everything down. Um, so I'm not sure that that security is quite right. So I like the fact that we're, all of us are doing our best. Um, we, we're, we're in a group of people that wouldn't necessarily, wouldn't get together for any other reason uh, except that God is among us. Um, so church can be a bit messy. Uh, and we can make quite a lot of mistakes and we can have disagreements and all sorts of things uh, which brings me to the passage that Marilyn read from 1 John chapter 4 which is all about um, love it takes me back to where I was talking about Corinthians and it's pretty strong verse 8 says whoever does not love does not know God because God is love are you loving? Are you loving your church? Are you loving your church family? Because whoever doesn't love doesn't know God. And then it goes on to say, well, you know, what does love look like? Well, love looks like Jesus. Verse 9, it says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So love starts, it begins in Jesus, because he came and gave us life. He loved us first. It's not like we, we loved him so much that he then came to see us. He loved us first. So our response, our love is always a response to his love. Uh, and his, his love is, is modelled by Jesus. And I think we kind of go, so... The Bible says we should love each other. So in church, that means we should just be really nice to each other. Um, and, and I have said it before, but I wonder whether everybody looked at Jesus and went, oh, do you know, he's the nicest guy around. 
I, I, I'm sure he was great fun to be with, but also I'm sure he was quite challenging. And that was part of the way he showed his love, was to challenge things that were wrong. Um, I think his love was very gritty. It's not just about being nice. And then verse 12, uh, it says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So if we respond to the love of Jesus, we allow him uh, to come and live in us and live, and we live in him and we're, we're, we're inhabited, if you like, by the Holy Spirit. And then, just in case, you, the, the, the passage is quite repetitive. Uh, so verse 19, it says, We, again, we loved because he first loved us. And then goes on, Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister cannot love God whom they've not seen. Ooh. So, in church... We're meant to love each and every person in church. Even if they make us grind our teeth. And, and we're not meant to love them just by being nice. We're meant to love them like Jesus loved them, loves them, which is to give ourselves away to one another. Um, we're not, we're not to, like put our love on a level with the world you know what the world says oh he's a really lovely person he's a loving person but actually the love of Jesus is a sacrificial love so in the church we're to be um, sacrificially loving each other which is even more difficult when you don't like them but we're to we're to love one another so in church we don't get to despise people we don't get to write people off and just say uh He's always been like that. He'll always be like that. It's not worth work. We don't get to do that. We don't get to hold a grievance against people forever and a day because we're meant to be different. And too many churches look like the community in which they live. Uh, and in fact, in the community, there's some nicer people. But we're, we're to model a different community. We're to be... We're to, we're not to, you know, like the passage in Romans 12 says, we're not to conform to the pattern that we see around us, but we're to be transformed by God living in us. That's why it's so important that we start by getting God living in us and being one with God, because we can't possibly love each other to the level that Jesus wants us to love to each other if we haven't got him living in us. So then you start, you get to the Ephesians 4 passage which says this, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've, be, you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. All. So because God is one, we are to be one. We're to reflect God. So we're to, we're to be this, this Bream Church is to be this amazing body uh, where we, we are one. Some of us might wind each other up no end. Some of us just go, you know, I don't particularly like him, but I'm still going to love him. 
because that's what we're called to. We're called to love. Um, so we're here as a body to encourage one another. We're here to carry one another. When, the, when, when we're in grotty circumstances, the rest of us are meant to carry that person, those people. Um, and actually, I, in a previous church, we realized that we, we all have a responsibility to care for each other, but we also all have a responsibility to receive care from one another. So we are actually called to be vulnerable together. So, uh, and I think probably we probably find it easier to love one another and care for each other than to receive the care from others, because that would imply vulnerability. Um, and we're, we actually have an obligation to receive care from each other. I'm uh, feeling like Louise and I are watching a bit too much Ben Fogel uh, because I keep referring to him. He does annoy me, actually. Uh, but <laughs> we have a little fancy. So when things are getting bad, we watch Ben Fogel, New Lives in the Wild, and we think, oh, that looks rather nice. Uh, and we watched something the other day which was some guys who went to live in uh, some uh, strange place sort of in the out, but wilderness of New Zealand I didn't even know New Zealand had that much wilderness but there were miles from <laughs> miles from anywhere uh, and they were living in anyway it doesn't really matter but there were a bunch of people sort of in the rough area and they would come together on a regular basis and they would spend time together and, and at a particular moment the guy said uh, these people they're my security they're our security so the banks may implode the, the financial system may go down the tubes but if everything goes wrong still these people are my security and I went what a beautiful picture of the church you know when if, if, if my life goes upside down I've got the church uh, and hopefully the church will go we've got you uh, so even uh, and, I, and I think that's what we need to learn that we go yeah I'm not we don't go I'm going to help you Tracy but if you, if you push me and I have to help you more than twice I think probably you need to try a bit harder <laughs> no we will we will be that security for one another because that's who God has prepared for us. That's who he's made us to be, that we are one another. We've got each other's back. Um, and I mean, that's what I love about the forest is that people do look after each other in a way that, if you don't know, the rest of the country, they don't do it quite so well. Uh, the forest is quite bizarre. Uh, because, and it's not just families. What I love is that people in the, in the road look after other people in their road and they're not even their family uh, but we can, take that to a, we can take that to a bigger level in the church because we, can, we, can, we are equipped supernaturally we've got the spirit living in us that enables us to go beyond and above human capacity uh, so that we've got one another So I just really want to challenge us today. Let's be really open to God and allow God to so indwell us that he makes us into people that we wouldn't humanly be. And then we can live out those human, uh, sorry, those loving relationships with the church. 
and I'm sure I don't need to kind of list I did, I did in my preparation I did a list of things that I thought made God happy in a church and those things that made sad but I, I won't go there because I'm sure that as I'm speaking God is just speaking to each of us and saying you know you could do a bit better in terms of loving the church uh, in that way and I think my sort of ending part would be let's be really committed to one another let's really invest in one another I kept coming back to that verse uh, in Galatians that says, as you sow, so you will reap. Or as the message translation says, what a person plants, he will harvest. So if we, in terms of the church, if we kind of just make a little effort, then I guess we'll get a little warmth and a little joy back. But if we really throw ourselves into caring for one another we'll get more back. Uh, We'll get a massive uh, harvest. I know I'd prefer to have a massive harvest than just sort of go, do you know, like the church, yeah, it is my church, but uh, back off people. I'm not going to let you too far in. But the more we open ourselves to one another, uh, the more we will be blessed. So if if you find it really difficult to tell anybody how you're doing, I just encourage you to make a bit of a bit of a step forward and just go if it, even if it's just a one person yeah I'm feeling a bit rubbish today uh, or, or whatever and just slowly allow us to look after one another and I'm, I'm thinking you know I've just said we're going to go for a weekend away and I'm sure if you're like me some of you are already going quick get something in the diary uh, <laughs> but I just encourage you to go actually yeah it may be a bit risky it may be a little bit uncomfortable but I'm going to give it a go uh, and allow God to to surprise us Um, even the same with the Lent course Uh, let's be brave enough as a church to be open with one another and to be committed to one another. So let's, uh, let's just pray. So Father, thank you that we cannot do this on our own, but you give us all that we need through your Spirit, that as he lives in us, he makes us into supernatural people, so that we can love each other uh, with the same love that Jesus had so I pray that you'd help us uh, as your people to be uh, supernaturally loving and supernaturally caring help us to be the people you made us to be and Lord if there are things that we need to change and I pray that you would show us what those are help us to be uh, more open to one another more open to sharing together and I pray that as people look at us as we sang in that song they will know that we're Christians because we're not the same because of our love so Lord would you take us and make us more and more into the people that you always wanted us to be in Jesus name Amen